The unwritten rules of Facebook. It cut all of our ad costs by over 70%. How do you want to be able to take in all of this data that's around us? Some of these campaigns have done up to $20 million in sales. I think this is going to be the future for the next 10 years. And now here is The Win with your hostess, serial entrepreneur, marketeer, and chief sexy boss, Heather Havenwood. Look, our whole world revolves around our iPhone, iPad, Droid. You know they say we look at our phones on average 150 times a day? And if you're a small business and want to actually grow, you need to reach people where they're looking at and listening the most, their smartphones. See, marketing via text messaging is a great way to start, and it's super easy. Just text the word START to 72000 to learn more about my friends at Mobit. They're marketing experts, and they will show you how to use text messaging for your business and to get more leads and convert them amazingly. Again, text the word START to 72000. Again, that's text the word START, S-T-A-R-T, to 72000. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Okay, so today I have a very cool dude in California. Californian. Jim, are you on the line? Yes, I am. Jim, thank you. Thank you for being here because not only are you a cool Californian dude and a real <laughs> estate dude, but you're just kind of a cool dude too. Can I say that to you? Yeah, of course. You kidding me? So you could say it all the time. Call me every day, 20 times a day, and say that to me. That's fantastic. I love what you're doing. We're going to talk about your book that you just launched. And this podcast, why I did this thing was because I wanted to help people win again, you know, win in life and not become the victim of, right? So that's the whole the intention, I think, of your life, everything you've created. And so I'm excited to have you on the line today. You guys go check out Jim at epicallday.com. But Jim, let's talk about who you are. Let's bring people up to speed. Who are you? Let's meet you. Okay. So, well, thank you for that nice introduction. So I'm an author. I just wrote my first book called Hero Up, Unleash Your Inner Hero and Make Life Epic. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a pretty serious football player. I'm a real estate guy. I love fish tacos. I'm from Boston. That really encompasses just about everything about me. I was in the corporate world for a long time, Mm. went out on my own. And I've really been focused on helping other people make their life epic and really create an epic life because I feel like so many people are not able to do that or don't do that in this day and age and kind of get sunk in there. You know, you just kind of get stuck in a rut. So I'm good at helping people out of that. I love that. So let's talk about the Maslow hierarchy of needs for just a second. We have to make this thing called money, right? So where, you know, let's love the fact that you're like giving back and you want to help others. Love it. But let's talk about where the coin comes from. Like, what is your business? What do you do as an entrepreneur to make to cash all for your family? Sure. So what I do. So in publishing the book, what I'm doing now is I'm doing coaching. I'm doing coaching one on one and group coaching, all of which you can find on my site, which is jimsimco.com. And then I'm going to start doing some hero up events. So weekend immersive retreats with people, with entrepreneurs or people who are interested in building confidence, helping them find their life purpose, helping them master love, sex and relationships, bring them in for three days, do these really intensive events. And we're going to be starting that in the next couple of months. So that's really how we make money. And really, it's I would say my thing is really self-help for people who don't like traditional self-help. 
that has such a bad word to it. The self-help movement. You know what I mean? Maybe that, that was like the 70s, cool. 80s thing. But I remember my yep. mom going through it and I'm like, what do you do with the, like self-help? It's so annoying. You know? Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. And I think that, I think that, you know, like when you, and there's some great programs out there, but yeah. my thing is like, look, for you and I, I mean, you know, you're a lot younger than I am, but for, Will you know, you the average stop person. stop it? I'm not that young. Well, you look a thousand years ago. It's younger, called Photoshop.com. Photoshop. Well, whoever <laughs> is doing your Photoshop. Well, that actually can't be true because I saw a video of you on Facebook and, you know, you're a gorgeous woman. So Thank I don't, you. I don't, oh, my God. I'm, I'm hot over that. here. I'm all like, oh, my God. Thank you so much. <laughs> stop flattering me. It's working. Oh Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> but no, so what I was going to say is so I think in this day and age, mm -hmm. you know, Almost every self-help book that you read or event that you go to, they use examples like Winston Churchill or Thomas Jefferson or George Washington or, you know, these people who have, you know, all did great things, but don't live in today's day and age. Mm -hmm. And in my stuff, I try to use like, you know, people like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Tupac, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, Tom Brady and New England Patriots, because these are all things that we can all relate to because they're in the news and you can relate to them from both a good perspective and a bad perspective. I love that. I think I saw something recently on Facebook and maybe it was your post. It talked about personal development with not with dead people. Yes, <laughs> it's the that's same me. concept, right? Maybe that was you. Yep. It was probably, it was probably yep. your post. But I love yep. that because it's true. I mean, all of the personal development, not to, look, I'm making fun of self-development, but honestly, I've done like probably a thousand hours of it. So I'm Me definitely too. a PD person, but I definitely think that a lot of it's like Napoleon Hill. Okay. They're dead. You know, yep. who's somebody that's living in the now and working at this and making it work in today's world. Cause it is different. Right. So you're saying that your hero up is about that. And by the way, you just yes. launched a great book Hero up, unleash your inner hero and make life epic. Yep. So is the book about that? Like how you did it or what's the book about? Yeah. So the book is real world. It's geared to be a real world playbook for people to really make their life epic and really bring happiness, love and contentment and helping them find their life's purpose. And I really feel like most people need help in four areas. They need help in, in the mindset area. So how do you think like a hero? They need help in the love, sex, and relationships area. So how do you have an awesome relationship? How do you have awesome sex with your wife that you've been with for 15, 20 years? Or how do you maintain a relationship when you've got a lot of other different things going on? And then how do you build confidence? And you know, I think confidence is such a driver of everything else that we do in our lives. So how do you have a healthy amount of confidence and then it also ties back into how do you find your life's purpose? So what is the purpose of your life? Why are you here? Why do you do what you do? You know, what makes you get psyched up, you know, to get up in the morning on a Monday and really tying those things together. And I wrote the book to really try to make it relatable to people, something that's a quick read. You know, it's 180 pages, so you can knock it out in a couple hours. The feedback has been great so far, so I'm pretty stoked about it. So I'm going to ask you the question that everyone's wanting to know. What are your heroes? What are your three heroes? <laughs> My three heroes, one of my biggest heroes would be my mom, mm. because my mom, I'll leave all the melodramatics out of it, but when we came back from, we used to live in the Philippines, and she and my real father got divorced, and so she was a single mom working full-time and also going to school full-time to get her master's in social work, and this is a woman who just knew how to grind, yeah. and when I was younger, I never knew we were poor. Like, I had no idea we were poor because my mom, you know, did everything possible she could do for me. And so it was something that was awesome. And I always love and I respect that about her. And I think that she is a person who is fully tied into her beliefs. And she's, you know, she's an Italian woman who's super opinionated. And sometimes she's right about stuff and sometimes she's wrong. But she really is her own woman. I've always, you know, strove to be my own man. And so I'd say my mom is one of my biggest heroes. Mm, your mom. Oh, I love that. That's very touching, actually. 
Thank you. I love the fact that your parent your parent is a hero. So do you have more than yeah. one? It's okay if you don't, by the way. Yeah, you know, I would say, you know, then I'd fall to like sports heroes. Yeah. So like I would say like, you know, like I Dallas love. Dallas Cowboys. I know it. I, Yes, I do definitely like the Dallas Cowboys, but I'm a Patriots fan. Sorry for all your listeners who hate the Patriots because that's everybody in the world usually. Yes. Unless you're from Boston. Yes. But so like, you know, I love the Tom Brady's of the world. I love the Kevin Garnett's of the world. I would say Michael Jordan obviously is a huge hero of mine because this is a guy who got cut from his high school team Mm -hmm. and just, you know, embraced the grind and refused, you know, he refused to not be successful. I think Mm -hmm. that's the best way I could describe him is like, and he's a typical hero that a lot of people would say. And then I would also say, this is going to sound weird, but the lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. No, he's totally who, cool. He's smoking yeah, hot Yeah, you know, he's battled addiction his whole life, but he's really put his heart and soul into his music. He's made no emotions about the mistakes that he's made. Yeah. And, you know, his book is fantastic. And now he's a, you know, he's a vegan who swims three miles a day and is super healthy. And, you know, he just has done a complete metamorphosis in his life. So I really respect that. So let's talk about hero traits, you know, heroes yes. traits or characteristics of you know, the one that I hear you haven't even brought it up. I'm kind of curious. I mean, it sounds like to me you've done research on heroes and, and what is it oh, like yeah. to be a hero? What is it like to have a hero? What is it like to be your own inner hero and make your life epic? Would you say agree or not disagree? I'm throwing it out here is commitment. Would you say the commitment is a key trait or are there like top five key traits of being your own inner hero? Yeah, I think commitment is probably one of the biggest ones. Yeah. It, which is interesting that you just kind of came up with that out of the blue. I did. It took me several you know, weeks to get to that one. So you're very advanced. Am um, I smarter than you? No, I'm kidding. It's actually um, on the yeah, top you of are, my mind. Probably. So. Without a doubt, you're probably smarter than it I was, I have to say, the hold on. It was a conversation. It's a, it's a big club. It is a big club. But I did have a conversation with my coach about earlier this morning about it. So it is on top of mine. So I'll, <laughs> right on, I'll put it right. out there. So, so what else? Right. So being committed both to your ideals and your beliefs and your values is really important to have that hero mindset. And I'll give you an example, like, you know, because I know that you've in the past worked in the dating world and helping guys meet women and vice versa. And one of the things that I see with people that I work with is that they get together with somebody because they have something in common and they're like, oh, you know, she loves to hike and, you know, she loves to cook or whatever. And but their belief system is completely opposite. So one of them is, you know, they've got opposite political beliefs. They've got opposite beliefs on how to raise children, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the thing about it is, is like if you're committed to your beliefs and someone else is committed to their beliefs, you know, that may not work out just because you have something in common. If you're so different in your belief system, you have to get your belief systems right first. And a big part of that in the beginning is really understanding and committing to your own belief system and your own manifesto and like committing to how you're going to live your life. Because I think it all starts there. And once you've done that, everything else falls into place. So there's two things, questions I have for you. It's like one question I have, and I actually posted us on Facebook today was, what is commitment to you? What is that exactly? And you kind of said it already, but in a different question, what is commitment to you or what do you think commitment is to heroes? And you said belief system, but the next question I have is what if someone doesn't know their belief system? What if they were grew up in a particular belief system that was given to them by somebody else, parent, whatever, but they want to alter that or change that? How do they know what their own belief system is? That's a great question because that, that, encompasses so many people who don't 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 have a fully developed belief system. So that's something that each person has to get to on their own, and there's different ways to get to it. But I think the first thing to do is you have to be able to sit down or go away somewhere with yourself and just come up with, like, what do you believe in? And sometimes what's easier to do is think of the things that you don't believe in. Mm -hmm. Like, do you believe in 
working in a corporate job your entire no. life and never leaving a mark? No. Do you believe in ever providing or getting money for not providing value? No. No. Do you believe in the general good in people or do you believe in the general bad in people? I find it like working with people, once you start writing some of those things down, you can start determining what you actually believe in and what's important to you versus the things that you don't believe in. So there are people who are like, hey, and again, what's important to note here is there are no right or wrong answers. So some people do believe in working in the corporate world their whole lives. God bless them. Right. Because. Right. You know, good for good. There's got to be somebody, right? Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. I am yeah. proud of you. It's not me, but thank God. But so you have to understand like kind of where your beliefs lie and that there's no right or wrong. And then once you're at that point, then you can determine, okay, this is my belief system. This is the cornerstone of my life and what I want to create in my life. Would you say that it also has to do with what's important to you? And I'm speaking for myself here. I'm totally being selfish. Is like one of the things that's really important to me and that's something I realize is freedom. But that word, you try to restrict me in any way, I will buck you, you know, on all levels, relationships, corporate world, you know. So would you say that that's a belief system or would you say that's just something that's important to me? That's a belief system. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't have either they don't have that belief system or they buried it so much that they can't access it. And I think that that's where the big thing is. You are a person from the time that I've known you in our conversation, you are a person where it would be impossible for you to bury your desire to be free. And freedom means that much to you, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. Everyone should feel that way, right? Mm. So that's just part of your belief system. You're not changing that. Even Mm. if you wanted to, you couldn't change it. I've tried. There's a whole other conversation about why bother changing something that you believe that strongly about. Like you Mm -hmm. just knock, it's just not gonna happen. Right. Well, I think it's, I think you go through life and you figure, oh wow, freedom is really important to me. You know, stop listening to what everyone else is doing and do what that inner voice. So here's a question I have, since this is about winning and this is a kind of the conversation, would you say, two questions, would you say a hero is a winner? A, a B, what is a winner? Yes. Both of those. Okay. So the first, the first answer is yes. I think a hero is definitely a winner and B I think is really key is so what a winner to me would be Mm -hmm. is how I, you know, for me personally, I'm winning at life. When I feel content and I feel happy and I feel proud about the legacy I'm creating in the world and I'm doing good in the world. That's my definition of winning. So it doesn't have anything to do with how much money I'm making. It doesn't have anything to do with the kind of car I drive or the clothes I wear or the surfboards I have or the material things I have or whether I have 5,000 Facebook friends or three. It's all about what do I believe in? What am I committed to? And am I doing those things? And like anybody else in life, I've had times where I've really been winning at life and feel awesome like I do now. But if you go back, you know, 15, 20 years, I was making a ton of, you know, I was making a ton of money, but it was a very soulless existence. And I wouldn't say I was winning at life, even though I had all the trappings of looking good at the great car and like, you know, all the nice stuff. And I wasn't really winning. Yeah, I know. I love that. I completely concur with that. You talk about football. Let's go there for a second. The winning. What was coming up for me when you were talking was like, you ever seen a, let's say football for a second, because, you know. Dallas Cowboys. We used to say football all day long. Yeah, Dallas Cowboys are so much better than Patriots. Okay, did I say that? You did. I did. Didn't (laughs) want to know that I live in Texas and I'm a Cowboy fan. Okay, but they still make money and they lose. Here's the thing. Here's the difference. Is that just because a team or a player doesn't, quote unquote, win the game, right? They can still be a winner. And I want to bring that up because I think it's really important that it happens in life. People forget that it is a game and it's not about always the play or the whole game or even winning the Super Bowl. It's about how you played 
the game and you can still be a winner without right. quote unquote we call it the win. So can right. you talk about that in the world of being a hero? Because I think it's important. Sure. I'll give you an example that hopefully you'll dig. Troy Aikman. I Dallas love Cowboys Troy. Okay, it's already good. Okay. <laughs> good. So Troy Aikman, when he came to the Cowboys, his first season, I think they went one in fifteen. He was either one in fifteen or two and fourteen. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And at that point in time you would never call him a winner. Mm-mm. But the guy went on to win three Super Bowls. He had, you know, sort of untold concussions. He had a bunch of rumors about him in the early 90s about a couple of different things. He went and he wrote a country music song. If you've ever saw that video that he actually had. I have album. seen that. Yeah. Yeah. So he did a country music album. He also wrote a couple children's books, if I'm correct. I don't know that one. And he's got, I want to say he's married. He's been married for a long time. And he's got, he either has two daughters like I do or he's got three. Mm-hmm. So to me. And he's lost big playoff games, but he's also won huge playoff games. And he's also won huge playoff games where he played like complete crap. And then, you know, and then he's lost games because of him and he's, you know, bad fumbles, whatever. But to me, he epitomizes winning because he's run the gamut and he's all over the spectrum in terms of what he's done. He's been at the bottom of the barrel. He's been at the top. And when you see that guy interviewed, Tell me he doesn't sound exactly the same no matter what he's doing. Oh, he's amazing. I love Troy. I used to work at this restaurant in Fort Worth, and I was the hostess. This is years ago, okay? And he came up one time. We heard rumors that Troy was coming. And I was looking down at something, and right? And he walked in. I didn't see him. And all I saw, I was at this hostess stand. He put his hands on the host stand. And all I saw was these freaking huge hands and then I yeah, looked up and looked monster. up and looked up and looked up I'm like Mr. Aikman I'm in love you could have a beer over there yeah he's amazing his energy his presence is pretty powerful too really calming yeah. and a powerful guy yep. yeah and you I, never heard him say a bad thing on an interview you never heard him disparage a teammate so. you never heard him disparage an opponent anything anytime that they lost he would take the blame for it and anytime that they won he would deflect the credit to somebody else. So to me, that guy's a hero all over the place. Right. That's interesting trait. What is that about? What kind of person does that that doesn't take the credit for and then reflects? I mean, what? that's interesting. You don't I, I see that a lot nowadays. So I really want to no, dig there. You don't. I think that's an ego thing. I think people who are very comfortable in their own skin, mm-hmm. who are really tied to their belief system and really understand sort of their own inner hero are able to do that. I think that when if someone is uncomfortable or is not sure is, you know, and doesn't have a healthy self-esteem or confidence, yeah. then they have to wear all the jewelry and take all the credit because it just makes them feel better. Troy Aikman's a guy who doesn't have to do it. Tom Brady is a guy who doesn't have to do it, you know, because they're so secure in who they are as people mm-hmm. that they don't need to be the other guy. They don't have to have the credit because the credit at the end of the day from an outward source really doesn't mean anything to somebody if you are already okay with who you are. If you've got a high level of self-esteem, you know, someone might say something great about you. That's fantastic. They may say something negative about you. You don't care. For me, who you are is a very high, confident guy and person, huge self-esteem, husband, father, entrepreneur success. Has it always been that way? I mean, tell us the story oh God, about no. you. I mean, you know, no, that God, no. you just woke up one day, you're a hero. I mean, but what was that journey for you to find your own inner hero? Yeah, so I had a pretty challenging childhood in the middle school and high school, which I talk about in the book. And I kind of got to a point where in my life where I'm a pleaser, so I'm always wanting to please other people. So I kind of got to a point in my life where I realized, like, I don't want to just please everybody the rest of my life. It's freaking exhausting. That's the first thing. And it's really not making me that happy. And in taking a look at my life, and once I got together with my girlfriend, who's now my wife, Kelly, 
really looking at that aspect of it and really starting to understand that being secure in who I am and what I believe in and my own confidence and my own self-esteem was way more important than the amount of money I made, what I drove and how I looked or how I dressed. And especially where I live in Southern California, where, you know, walking back from the coffee place two blocks away from my office, you know, past a Tesla, <laughs> a Jaguar, a Porsche, you know what I mean? Like literally like $400,000 worth of cars in three cars, you know, 30 feet from my office. So you see that a lot in the world and people get caught up in these entrapments of society or of status. And I just kind of got to a point where like, you know what? I'm not going to just, I'm just not playing in that game anymore. I just made a decision. Like, I'm just not going to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. There's tons of other people who want to be that guy. Let them be that guy. I'm going to be the guy who's happy. I'm going to be the guy who's got a great relationship. I'm going to be the guy who doesn't have a problem going home early because he wants to see his wife and isn't going to just go out drinking with the boys, you know, every week because that's what people tell me we should be doing. Right. And I think that's a key piece you just said. Do what's best for you and your highest spirit and not what everyone tells you you should be doing. Exactly. Yeah. And it's interesting to say you're a people pleaser. I'm a recovering. Yes. We should have meetings. (laughs) We should have meetings. What is that? A-A-O-B. Our our. People, PP, PP, right. <laughs> recovering, right. people pleasing. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because one of the people that work at Skinny Beam, her name is Elsa. She's young, and I looked at her in, in a meeting. I said, you know, part of the challenge you're having right now with sales is because you're a people pleaser. And everyone just kind of looked at her and looked around, there, and she's like, oh, I am. You know, kind of this, yeah. oh, right, I do want to people please people. I'm like, well, you, in sales, you have to get over that. You know, it's not about right. people pleasing. It's about adding value and shifting that, you know, anyway, we have right. a conversation. The only reason I can see it in her, only reason I can see it in her is because like I'm recovering, right? So it's like a recovering right. alcoholic and always an alcoholic a mile away. Michael, the only reason I can see it is because I'm a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> and team looked at me like, you? I'm like, oh, it's because I don't people please anymore and I'm not pleasing you. So. Oh, geez. I wish we knew Heather. Exactly. Years ago Where's she was that doing? girl? I'm like, she's Where's that long gone. And the reason that is, and people might be saying, oh, that sounds mean. It really isn't. When you Mm-mm. start to. It's honest. It's honest. It's also what I call, what I was calling her mature selfishness. When you take care of yourself. You do take care of other people. I mean, our business takes care of many people's lives, you know, with food and their own income. So when we can be mature, selfish, then you can help other people. It's only at that time when you can help other people. It's totally agree. It's versus it's not people pleasing. that helps other people. It's actually mature selfishness that helps the people and being honest and and free, which is such a cool way to say it, too. I love that mature selfishness. Mature. Doesn't it sound better? Like mature. I feel so. (laughs) <laughs> mature self. But at the same time, and I'm sure I was going to curious, you grew up in Boston. I grew up in the South and I was told at a young age. And my question to you is if your mom did this, like my mom did to me, not be nice, not be nice. Don't be selfish. Give away your toy, you know, and that got ingrained yep. in me. And as an entrepreneur, if you give away your toys all the time, you ain't got toys, you know, you don't have any money. Right. Did right. you have to overcome any of that? Like I did. Or what were those kind of voices and or, or belief systems that were given to you that you'd overcome? So I did have to do some of that, but I think that my mom instilled in me a really healthy sense of rebellion Mm -hmm. and to make sure that I was doing the things that I believed in. So as an example, so like when you're in high school, obviously, you know, you see you're in high school, I was like 18 and you go to parties and people are drinking and what have you. And I was, I've never been that, you know, that big of a drinker. My mom at the time, what she used to say to me is she said, look, I know you're going to drink. I really don't want you to drive. So why don't you have your friends come over to our house? You guys can spend the night here. I don't care. Be responsible. Be respectful. But I don't want anybody to drive. And that obviously was something that was not at that time was not something that would have been socially acceptable for her to say. But she understood that, like, she wants the best for her son and she didn't want her son 
to be at a party 35 minutes away and then drive home after having one or two beers. And so I think that it's kind of like that sense of rebellion and that sense of, hey, let's do the right thing here. Let's do the thing that makes the most sense, the thing that we believe in. And we can deal with it that way, deal with things that way, as opposed to let's not just do what society tells us we should do because society could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Or the neighbors could be wrong. I mean, I think those days are gone in the 50s and 60s. Like, don't do that. What the neighbors will Those days are gone, you know, like right. completely, which I think is a good thing. There's a lot of freedom in that. At the same time, sometimes it's not, sometimes it needs to rein it back in, guys. Let's rein yep. that oh, back yeah. in. <laughs> Just kidding. Rein it back in on the reality. So tell me about your day-to-day life now. What does your day look like as, you know, what does your day look like? Other than fish tacos and a lot of football, right? Sure. So like, so what I do is I do a lot of, meetings with people I'm coaching. Like I just had one, you know, a little while ago. Okay. I also have a podcast that I put out once every couple of weeks. And I'm on it. As well. I know. It's Woo! so great. Your show is going to be so awesome. It's getting yeah. edited right now. It's called the Make Life Epic Podcast. So I do that. And then I really try and spend, you know, every day I try to do two things no matter what is going on. And one of them is spend a little bit of time with the family, no matter how I can. And if that means like coming home early so I can make sure that I'm there for dinner or, you know, my, I have two daughters, so they do, a, they're seven and 11. So they do a lot of like plays and performances. So I always want to make sure I'm home for those at night. And then the other thing I do is I do some type of working out. So whether it's CrossFit, I do that four times a week or surf in the summertime. I try to surf almost every day, if not every other day, I need activity. I need to be able to sweat Those are two things that I will move other meetings around, Mm -hmm. especially with my kids, because I feel like although, you know, they're doing a performance and it may not be that big a deal, you know, to someone else seeing it, it's hugely important to them. So I don't miss birthday parties. I don't miss school plays. I just don't miss that stuff. I will happily miss work meetings or, you know, three hours worth of email to see something with my kids or to go mm. get in the ocean, go do a quick surf. Oh my God, that's great. I love that. Yeah. I, I did the same thing with my workouts. Like I work things around the workout. It's scheduled in time. It's not like a tentative thing. It's like, and how often do you work it. out? Because do you see you go five days a week, you said? I do. Technically <laughs> six, because I do five days in the gym and then one, Saturday's yoga. So technically wow. six, I'm in something. Sunday, I, not nada, you know, nothing. nothing. But, you know, I was going to ask you this and I'm kind of, thinking you are. I don't know. I'm ADD, totally ADD. <laughs> and I think that I learned a long time ago that I could either go down one or two roads. I can be like a massive drinker right. or I could be in fitness. Choose. Yep. So I chose fitness and chose some kind of working out. Right. Yeah. And so I'm curious, are you? Yeah, I would say. And if you talk to anybody in my family, I have to go work out. I have so much energy. So I'm the guy. You're ADHD. Goes to bed at, You're ADHD. Yeah. I mean, I go to bed at 11, 1130, but I'm up by 536. I don't have any caffeine. If I have caffeine, just you do not want to be around me. I already talk fast as it is and go fast. So, I mean, I just I like to have stuff going on in my day and I need that exercise. I need that outlet. One of the cool things about doing CrossFit is that, you know, for me anyway, is that it's an hour of my day where the music is crazy loud. Mm -hmm. There's weights flying out, you know, all over the place. You have to focus on your form and somebody's telling me what to do. I don't have to make any decisions. Like I don't have to think about like, do I do curls or I do bench? Like someone's literally saying, here's what we have on the whiteboard today. Here's what we're doing. Here's the first thing we're doing. Let's go. For me, I love that. It's the same thing as surfing because when you're surfing, you really have to be focused on the waves that are coming. What are people doing around you? What's the tide doing? Where are you lined up? All that stuff. So your head is right there and they're both 
strangely meditative experiences, even though one's really loud in a gym with tons of people and the other one's in the ocean with almost no noise. Well, you have so to be for present. Me, yeah, you surf- have to be present in both. Yeah, surfing, you definitely do. I CrossFit, I've had that experience. There's something meditative about this loud, ridiculous music that you can't hear it really yes. because it's so distorted. And then you could barely hear the instructor. All you could hear is like, right? And then you just following the board. And it's one of those few times in your life you're like, I get to let go and follow this guy and not hear myself except this crazy music that I might like or not. Right. It's I completely. It's awesome. And I don't know if you've mentioned this on the show, but I mean, you in our conversation earlier today. I mean, I think what you did when you turned 40 was amazing, like being in it. Did you talk? Have you talked about this on your show before? Uh, I think I don't know. Maybe I have. When I yeah, so on my 40th birthday, I, I stood up on a tiny on a stage and got a little tiny bikini and did an NPC show and asked people to judge me. Which is you talk about fear, 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 ton of fear of getting this bikini and getting all tanned up and then the heels and then what if people don't like my butt? You know, what if my shoulders aren't big enough? I mean, and what if my hair's not so right? Cool. I mean, you talk about just massive judgment assessment on every single level in my stomach, my butt, my thumb. I mean, it's just like, oh, my that's God. Awesome. I just think that that's so cool. When you Thank told me that you. today, I was so impressed by that. I think that that's just amazing. Thank I mean, that's, you. That, that's your inner hero coming out right there. It is. So have you done competition in CrossFit? We have them in our gym. I've had a lot of surgeries. So I've had a couple of knee surgeries and back surgery. And they don't, you know, they have a master's division. But I haven't gotten to that point where I want to do that. I don't want to be the guy who has to count how many eggs I have for breakfast and, you know, never have ice cream and whatever. So I don't ever want to get to that level. And I feel like for me, that would be a little extreme because I'm using CrossFit because I want to be better at sports. Yeah. I'm not using CrossFit because I want to compete in CrossFit. Right. Plus those, the guy, those guys at CrossFit, they're not even that cute. They're like, they're washboard stomachs. Like that sucks. Yeah. You don't want that. I don't want a washboard. I don't want what my wife looking heck? at me like sex crazed like, eyes all day long. Come just on. Gonna, that just gets uncomfortable for everybody. Exactly. No, I've seen, I've seen some of those CrossFit competitions and let's just say they're out of control. You know what I mean? Like, whoa, dude, really? You're gonna put that over your head? Really? Yeah. You know, so I would say you're probably playing the safe bet and you're pro- oh, yeah. most likely you're probably like me. You compete against yourself. All the time. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, I think in yeah. life, that's one of the big things. Like, I only compete against myself because no one has my same unique story. Mm-hmm. So why would I compete against somebody else? I completely concur. And on my fitness thing, just saying the fitness for just a second. So on my fitness competition, people came asking, well, how'd you do? Did you win? I'm like, I won because I got up there. Yep. You know, it is you about... Won. The minute you put your heels on, you won. Exactly. And I thought it really was weird to have everyone come ask me, like, how would you do? I'm like, I did it. You know, and... I was competing against myself and I had to look at, did I do everything? Did I follow the trainer? Did I do all that, everything that I could to do for this competition? The answer was yes. And now I know I can do something better to get another tweak. But at the same time, I won the moment I got there and I stood up on yep. stage. I won. There was no, I didn't care about the trophies. It was like, I won. I'm here. Look at me. There's my butt. You right. know, so I think that's what happens as an entrepreneur. You have to compete against yourself because if you, you start comparing to. yourself to the world, Oh my God! You're like your whole hero is like I can't do it. It's just you've already lost. Once you start comparing yourself to other people, I think you've already lost. Do you find that with your coaching clients? What's the top thing that you deal with? Is that one of the top things that they deal with? Yeah, that's one of the top things. I think one of the bigger things that we deal with is Mm -hmm. figuring out what people's life purpose is, and then also. I spend a lot of time helping people build their own personal confidence and their self-esteem, and realizing that like. You know, you don't have to compare to your neighbor who makes more money than you because it's all about how happy you are and it's all about how you feel at the end of the day and how you wake up. Like, do you wake up Monday morning and you're like, F yeah, it's Monday morning. I'm so stoked. Can't wait to get to work. Or do you dread it? 
you know, are you bummed, legitimately bummed on Friday when you're going home? Cause you're like, oh man, I wish I could keep doing what I'm doing. And that's one of the things is like helping people build their confidence and the people I work with, helping them create a life that they really want and the one that they couldn't have imagined and one that allows them to experience the freedom that you were talking about and allows them to be, you know, a person that they really want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, who I've been listening to recently, and I hate to say this because he's dead, <laughs> he's no longer <laughs> with us, is Jim Rohn. He was awesome. You know, when he was around, I was probably in high school, so I wasn't present to him. And a friend of mine recently said, you should listen to him, and I've been listening to his old stuff, and I'm like, wow, this stuff is good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just so good, and it's all this, I'm going to say the word hardcore for a second, hardcore PD, personal development stuff. It's hard. It's that inner stuff that you're talking about, the hero inside mm-hmm. yourself and really developing that. And it's just not talked about. So I absolutely right. love what you're doing. How can people find you? And I'm going to ask you a few questions. How could people find you? If they like, want to raise their hand and say, yes, I want to be part of this guy's group. I want to coach with him. Where can they find you? Okay. So they can go to my website, which is jimsimco.com, which is S-I-M-C-O-E dot com, jimsimco.com. And then if they want to check out the book, they can go to Hero Up thebook.com heroupthebook.com heroupthebook.com and yep. when was and the release date so it's funny it was released 7/11 so July 11 and I did that specifically because my daughters are 7 and 11 oh my god that's adorable yeah i love that yeah. but i also love the psychology of that like i did in my contest my 40th birthday like it was a big you know, it's it's about uh-huh. dates sometimes. So I get that. That's yeah. really oh, awesome. Yeah, big time. And I actually big launched time. my podcast on my birthday. So I get that. Oh, you know, what's your birthday? 627. Ah, nice. Yeah. Cool. So here we Very are. Cool. And I'm not going to say the year. <laughs> 85. No, I'm totally kidding. 85. <laughs> The year doesn't matter because have you looked at yourself? I mean, oh. look at the pictures Will that you, you have stop online. Flattering look at the videos. Me. And I mean that respectfully. Like, look, I'm married and I'm, you know, a thousand miles away from you or whatever it is. Thank I mean, you yeah, so you're much. a gorgeous woman. Thank let's just, you. you know, let's just call it what it is. I, I like blushing over here. And you know, flattery, <laughs> you know, flattery and I, I, tell, I teach men how to date women. And one of the things I tell them is you got to flatter women. And they just have this like, oh, guys, don't do that anymore. I'm like, because they're stupid. Because exactly. women, I don't care what age you are, you flatter her, she just melts. Like, oh. Yeah, and it's not difficult. You know, and I'm not oh. even trying to flatter you or anything, but I, I just don't are. think it's, like, is it, is it that difficult it. for all of us to be that nice? I like, don't get no flattery anymore, so it's like, I just want to suck it up, and, you know, yeah. because I just don't, I don't get flattery. And I think it's because it's not because men are mean or something. I just think people don't do it anymore. They don't say things yeah. like I really acknowledge it's like holding you. The, and, it's like holding the door on, right? So, like, yeah. there's people... You know, then because that conversation's gone back and forth about whether you hold the door open for women, whether you don't. My thing is like, why am I even thinking about it? I hold the door open for anybody. I don't care if it's a guy. I don't care if it's a woman. I don't care if it's an you know an old lady or a kid, whatever. You do it because it's a nice thing to do, and because like, let's why don't we all just be nice in the world? Is it that <laughs> difficult to hold the door open for somebody? Yeah, the other day I opened the door for a mom with some kids. She's got the stroller. I'm poor girl. She's got the stroller. She's got her bag. She's got oh, the yeah, kid. Yeah. You know, like I'm opening the door and some other guy like just rails over her, and I'm like, dude, really? Let's see how you do with a mom and a kid and a stroller and a bag. And come on, let's be nice. There's no reason for that. Be a little cordial in the world. So I love what you're doing. Go check him out. Go check the book out. Just launched 7-Eleven. So just go check it out. I mean, just go get it. Just go get it. Just go buy it. Just go buy it. <laughs> Forget this thinking about it. Just go buy it now. Unle- Thank you so much. Un- no, you're welcome. Unleash your inner hero. Because this is those truths about unleashing your inner win. Your inner win. Yes. Who's your inner hero? So last words. And I'm going to ask you what you asked me today. Oh, boy. Yeah, right? Comes back around, <laughs> baby. Comes back around. 
what are the things that you live by? What are some things that you live by every single day? Mottos or? Yeah, so my purpose in life is really to inspire. So if you had to ask me what my mission statement would be, it would be those two words, to inspire. That's it. I think that's what I'm here to do. It's what I'm good at. It's what I enjoy doing. You know, the things that I live for on a daily basis or the things that I live by is I live by that I always want to go to sleep content. So I want to wake up energized and I want to go to sleep content. For me, going to sleep content means I don't screw anybody over during the day. It means I treat everybody with respect. It also means that I live life the way I want to live life. So I'm not saying I'm not a guy who doesn't lose his temper sometimes. Of course I do. But I also, I try not to live with any regrets. And one of the big things that I talk about in the book that I really believe strongly in is being able to focus on success, not perfection. That's probably my biggest proponent on a daily basis is I'm looking for success, not looking for perfection. Perfection is something that I don't personally think I'm ever going to attain. And so I'm going for success. Like, how can I be successful in what I'm trying to do? How can I be effective, not necessarily efficient? Because you can be efficient in doing something that, you know, you don't want to do. I want to be effective. I want to be effective and I want to be successful. And I want to feel good when I put my head on the pillow at the end of the day. Those Mm -hmm. are my things every day. Being content. That's interesting. Yeah. I want to feel good about my life. I want to feel good about what I'm doing. And then also, you know, I also really want to feel good about what I'm not doing. And, you know, because... What do you mean by that? Not doing. That's interesting. Well, here's, I think, like you, Mm -hmm. you know, I run into a variety of different people on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. And there are tons and tons of opportunities to... I think we all have tons and tons of opportunities to screw people over or do a half-assed job or just kind of like coast through something that we've committed to. And for me, it's really important not to fall into those traps and to not, if I say it's like, so if I say I'm gonna email you by 10 o'clock, I'm gonna email you by 10 Mm o'clock. It may not mean that much to you, but it means a ton to me and to who I am. Another example would be like, I'm a guy who's never late. So I don't care where we go or what I'm doing, I'm just not late. I'm just not okay with being the guy who's even five minutes late. Because if I'm five minutes late, if I, if I tell you I'm meeting you at 10 o'clock and I show up at 10.05, like you may not care. You may not think it's a big deal and it may not be important to you. But for me, I'm breaking my word. Mm-hmm. And my word is really, really important to me. So it doesn't have to be important to you, but it is to me. And so I don't do it. I love that. Well, that's yeah. as some people call it a line with integrity and being with your word. Yeah. It all means the same thing. It's just doing what you say you're going to do and do it on time. You know, that's... Yep. The key to so yep. much success. It's little, yep. but it's huge at the same time. It's huge. And if you know? you're not, you know, so tied in with the element of being perfect, you can do this stuff. Like mm-hmm. you're not hamstrung by like, I have to do this perfectly. Like, I don't ever think that. I think like, I want to do this successfully. How do I make this successfully? Mm-hmm. How do I be my own hero and yep. be successful and not exactly. looking for the praise from somebody else? Like, for example, if you are supposed to be there at nine o'clock or whatever, and you're in a corporate world and you get mad because your boss is not telling you, well, thanks for being here at nine. It's like, it's kind of your job. You know what I mean? I think that people look for the acknowledgement from other people versus just acknowledging yourself. Is you what have I mean to acknowledge yourself first. Yeah. And as yep. an entrepreneur, there's like zero acknowledgement. Yeah. Of the oh, sentence. sure. If you're running your own business, like no one's coming in and giving you an award. No. no one's like, I mean, I'm hey, kind of waiting. I had the door the there. Yeah. <laughs> waiting yeah. for someone to walk in and go, Heather, yeah. we love you. We're going to give you this award of being a great entrepreneur. Like it's not happening. Yeah, um, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. But I agree with you. And I think that's one of the negative things. And I'm sorry, I go off topic. We're about to close it up. But is negative things with participation trophies. <laughs> like, yes. 
the dumbest thing in the world. Isn't hey, congratulations for being awake and standing up, and you get a trophy for doing it. And we're not going to keep scoring the game. Hello. Really? They crazy? do that now? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They do. And I apologize to anyone who has kids who really loves that element of it. But to me, that's the craziest thing in the world. Keep score. We don't keep score. Well, why the hell are you playing the game? Right. That's like football. NFL day. We're going to have an NFL game between Patriots and the Cowboys and we're not going to score. Are you kidding me? And everyone gets a participation trophy. Are you (laughs) kidding me? Come on. Why don't we build up a kid's confidence and their value system and their self-esteem? So if they play well and they lose, it's okay. Right. And if they play well and they win, it's okay okay as well. Shocker, you're revolutionary there, Jim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> revolutionary in common sense. This petition trophy. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you for that very much. Go check out Jim at jimsimco.com or epicalday.com. And just go buy his book. Don't even think about it. Go to Amazon, Hero Up, Unleash Your Inner Hero, and Make Life Epic. Thank you, yes. Jim, for being Yeah, on you're this. welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for sharing with us what a winner and a hero is. All right, everyone, go check them out. Until next time, be you, be real, be the sexy boss of your life. Thank you for listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Interested in coaching with Heather? Go to heatherhavenwood.com and sign up for a business discovery consultation. Here is your free gift for listening. Get three audio chapters of Heather's book, Sexy Boss, How Women Empowerment is Changing the Rulebook when you text the word sexy to 7200. Again, text the word sexy, that is S-E-X-Y, to 7200 and receive your three audiobook chapters. Number is good only in North America. For outside the USA, text sexy to plus one three two three four five seven double two double eight. Text sexy to plus one three two three four five seven double two double eight. Long distance charges may apply. Heather wants to hear from you. Questions you want answered on the show. Comments, interview requests. Email media at sexywellsync.com or leave a private voicemail. 51 Boss is me. Again, the number is 512-677-4763. Check out all of Heather's sites. Heatherhavenwood.com SexyBossInc.com E2Lab.com DatingTriggers.com This is a sexy boss rap. This podcast is a copyright of Havenwood Worldwide, LLC.